0: Yeah, it's New Chumash. What is it about? Let's take a look and see. So Erev Tisha B'av, and as like in every year Erev Tisha B'av, we begin Chumash Dvarim, we start Sefer Dvarim, and unlike other Chumashim, Sefer Dvarim begins with this long introduction of where exactly Amisel is, what exactly is going on over there, and when you read those psukim, you really have to ask, what is going on over there? Meaning, first of all, who is talking? Is Moshe talking on his own, or are these the words from HaGadosh Because it starts off with, Ela Dvarim Asher Dibber Moshe, seems to be things that a last speech, few last speeches that Moshe is giving, however, later on it says Hashem and Moshe, that Hashem actually commanded Moshe to say these things. But on top of that, really, you have to ask, what is all this introduction about? What is this setting context for? What is going on over here? Why this repetitiveness of the psukim that there were in Avot Moab, 11 days from Choreim, but then there were in Avot Moab. Why does the Torah keep on telling us again and again the same thing within these
1: first psukim of Sefer Dvarim? How is this related to what Sefer Dvarim is about? What is the Torah actually trying to tell us over here? Yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah, Sefer Dvarim is not like the other farm we know. We're missing the keywords we're used to seeing by the HaShem All that's gone. And here we have Moshe giving this speech, which, as you said, we're not sure if it's Hashem telling him to give this speech. What exactly is going on here? And I think the key to understanding this is the last words of this long introduction. The Torah says, Very interesting, uncommon word. We started with saying that Moshe is speaking. Now suddenly we're giving other words to describe what Moshe is doing. What do these two words actually mean? il Moshe. P'il Moshe. When we try to understand, we look in Rashi, we look in the other mepharshim, we look in the other places it shows up. Sometimes we'll see it as a beginning of something, as an agreement to something, maybe as an oath even towards something. But I think if we look at all the places it shows up, there's a certain aspect of agreeing or committing towards something. It's when someone agrees to put himself towards something, and therefore it's usually the beginning of something. And there's some element of a commitment of a an oath of something that you're committed to long-term. So Moshe is agreeing to something. What is he agreeing to? He's agreeing to committing to what? Be'er. What is the word Be'er? We usually be explained as explaining, as interpreting, as giving some sort of explanation of the Torah. So is Moshe going to teach us something new? Is he just going to repeat old things? Even when we go through separate it sometimes gets confusing. Why does Moshe have to agree to explain? Why wouldn't he agree to explain? He's been teaching us, forever. What is actually going on here? Moshe is agreeing to explain to us. Until now, he wouldn't do it. But I think these words hide within them a very, very deep point of what Sefer Edvaryim is all about. Because until this point, the Torah was given to Am Yisrael from Hashem. Moshe was the only channel through which we received it. And it is what it is. We got what we got. But soon, Moshe is going to be gone. What happens next? Is Torah done? Do we just have whatever we got from Moshe and that's it? Is there no more to this? does it end here? And I think at this point, and in Seferd Varyam in general, Moshe is giving us the tools. He's passing on the ability to receive Torah to Am Yisrael. Until now, he was that source to receive Torah. He got it as he got it, and he passed it on to us. But now Moshe is teaching us, from now on, the way you're going to receive Torah is very different. And it's more like a be'er. Be'er also means a well. A well is a source where you keep bringing out new waters all the time, you go to the same well, to that same source, but every time there's new fresh water that comes out. Maybe that's what Moshe Rabbeinu is doing here in these first sukim, and in general in all of separate variants. As we said, there is no vaidabe'r Shemel al These aren't new commandments. That's not what we have here. We're done with that. We have what we've received and what I've given to you until now. Now I'm gonna teach you how to go back to those same commandments, to those same stories, to those same words, to that same well, and see it as a well and bring out new waters, new fresh waters every single time, every single day, every single generation will come back to those same words, to that same Torah and find new meaning and new relevance. And maybe that answers the second question. Why is Moshe setting the context? Why is he giving us details where it was and when it was and what was going on then and how far they were from here and where? Maybe because this is again part of the lesson that Moshe is teaching us. The Torah was given at Sinai. But it's not only relevant for the generation of Sinai. It's now. It's here. In this place. In this time. I'm going to bring out new waters that are relevant for you. For this generation going into Eretz Yisrael. Very different than the previous generation that received the Torah. And you'll see we're going to go back to those same words. Find new meaning and find relevant meaning. And the whole speech of Sefer Varim is really a preparation for Am Yisrael about to enter the land. And if as he says here it's kasher tziva Moshe, meaning it's going back to the same commandments that they already got, but it's bringing out that relevant meaning. And therefore, I think that's why the word Ho'il shows up here, because Ho'il is an agreement to something, is committing to something. What is Moshe agreeing to that he had to suddenly agree? Because until now, the Torah was Moshe's Torah. It only went through Moshe. That was the only way to know what Hashem wants was Moshe. We couldn't look back in those words and find our own interpretation. We couldn't look back and find those new meanings. Moshe is agreeing, is committing, is teaching us, is giving over to us this ability to see Torah as a well, as a well of fresh new waters every day forever, starting from now while Moshe is still here and teaching us how to do it. But this goes on every week and it continues with our videos, which we again dive into those same words and try to find the relevant meanings for us today. Beautiful, beautiful, very true. That's what we've been
0: trying to do here for the past few years in these videos, and time will continue to try doing. But really, like you were saying, when we see this concept of Vo'il and Be'er, this pasuk over there is definitely the main pasuk in the beginning of here that's trying to tell us what exactly is going on in Sefer Varim. what exactly is Sefer Tvarim about. And as we do always, we always go back to the other times in the Torah that these kind of concepts are mentioned. So obviously the concept of Be'er is mentioned many, many times, I'll get back to it in a second, but the idea of Vo'il, like you said, is also mentioned a few other times. And first of all, we find it by Avraham Avinu, Maybe the first person to actually argue with HaKadosh Baruch Hu over there by Zdom. when Abraham approaches Hashem and in a very respectful way says, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, maybe you should not destroy all of Sdom. Maybe you will find 50 Tzadikim over there, 45, 30, and so on. And the phrases he uses over there, he says, Ho'alti, maybe I can approach you, maybe with your agreement. I can argue with you, even though I am just Afar Va'efer, I am a nothing. Still, Abraham has the so-called nerves, asks HaKadosh Baruch Hu's permission in order for, him to be able to argue with Hakadosh Baruch Hu. and when you think about it, this is what the Torah is about. As we know, the very, very famous story of Tanurosh the oven of Achnai, where there was a big argument in the base midrash between the two greatest rabbis at those days, Rabbi Lazar and Rabbi Yoshua, Where Rabbi Lazar on the one hand, tried to recruit miracles for his side in order to prove that he's right, and miracles are performed: the water flows backwards, the walls start shaking, and even a batkol, even a voice, comes out of the sky saying that he's right. Yet every single time, Rabbi Yoshua says. No, you can't use miracles to prove. You can't use the supernatural in order to prove you're right. You can't use a in order to prove your side is right because in the end of the day, the Torah is in our hands. The end of the day, we have the Torah here in our hands. And like you were saying, this is what Moshe Rabbeinu was teaching us over here, that lo bashamayim, just like Rabbi Yoshua uses the Passover from the end of Sefer Devarim, that the Torah is not in the sky anymore. It was granted to us. It was given to us with a set of rules of how to learn it. And through those rules, we learn the Torah it's in our hands to develop it it's in our hands to continue making it relevant for us today through these rules that were given to us throughout all the generations, generation through generation Moshe Torah Les'kinim, this is how it gets to us, but then it's again, it's our job in order to develop it and make it relevant for today, and then going back to the other phrase, as I was saying the Be'er, Moshe Be'er Be'er, like you were saying, not only to explain, to add your commentary onto the Torah, but Be'er of course is a well, is the Be'er. And as we know throughout the entire history of our fathers, our forefathers, throughout all of Sebe Bereshit, everyone over there ended up by the well or with the well. Starting from Abraham that was digging wells and Yitzchak, that his main story is about digging different wells. And then Yitzchak also comes back from Be'er Lachai to where he meets Rivka after davening to after connecting to in Be'er Lachai That's where he meets Rivka. That's where he meets his Shiduch. That's where he gets his purpose and he builds his home. And later on to the beginning of Sefer Shemot where Moshe Rabbeinu himself, at the end of his first chapter, he runs away to the well in Midian. He learned from our forefathers that he has to go to the well, the place where everybody ends up going to. Because like the Gemara says, in the end of the day, everybody needs water. You can't live without water. So that's where everybody will end up in. And from this concept of everybody needing water and going to the well, this is where Israel learned the idea that we need the Torah too every few days. And that's why we read the Torah every Monday and Thursday and Shabbos. Like the Gemara says, that this is why we have the Torah with us because, again, the Torah is not only about adding our commentary onto it, but also making sure that we are with it all the time, that it's with us all the time because this is what we drink. This is our water. This is the well that we drink from. This is what keeps us alive. This is what keeps meaning in our life. And just like with Moshe Rabbeinu, again, at the end of his first chapter over there of his life where he ran to Midian, and then again over there, we find after being on the Be'ir and after helping the daughters of Itro, Doleh Umashke, after he took out from that well water and gave to the daughters of Yitro, we find in Moshe Moshe agrees to sit with Yitro, agrees to build his home, to build his purpose, to start building his purpose as a person in this world that's the end of his first chapter in his life and over here the beginning of his last chapter of his life, the Torah uses the same terminology the Torah uses the same words Moshe again is willing to give us the tools in order to continue drinking from this well every single day throughout our life because this is our life. This is what our life is about, to continue
1: drinking from this well and making this water relevant every single day throughout our entire life. You know, it's interesting that Reb calls Sefer Varim Chinat Torah Shabal-te, meaning it has an aspect of Torah Shabal-te. It's not exactly, and we see this in the Gemara. He brings there the Gemara in Megillah, which separates certain rules between the Forrest Farem and Sefer But then the question comes up, if it's not part of the others, if it's different, then why is it together? Why is seen as one unit. And I think based on what we're saying, this can be understood. Because the Torah is not the Torah without seeing it as a well. Without this last aspect. This is the map of how to come back to Torah and learn from it. If we would have the four spirem without this, we wouldn't have anything. We wouldn't be able to learn from the Torah. It would be a thing of the past. This sefer has to be part of the five spirems. So that way, we can go back to it and use it as the way to come back and see Torah. Lobashamai it's in your heart. It's here. It's something that you can access and learn from and take from every single day. Exactly, beautiful. And
0: as we mentioned, the beirot that we continue drinking from every single day. We mentioned Itzchak Avinu with his beirot. There's a very famous Ramban we cannot mention, being now erev Tisha B'av, that the Ramban compares the different beirot that Itzchak dug to the batei Mikdash that we have Oshik, Sidna, and then Rechovot. The first two that were destroyed for all the beirot in the Torah, but also for Sinat Chinam that we had. And the future Beit HaMikdash, the third Beit HaMikdash that will be built, Bezal HaShem, will expand our lives, will expand the good in the world. will be a vessel to bring the Shefa, to bring the good in the world, because that's what the Mikdash is, just like the Torah. It's the well that gives the beauty and the goodness into this world. And again, Beav and mitzah HaShem, out of these times, these really difficult times with everything that's going on in the world, we should try to do our best to add our Ahavat Chinam, to add our goodness into the world, try to bring the good into to the world that the world needs, bring life, bring the spirituality, bring the life into the world that the world is so missing. We'll just remind our viewers as usual, what we discussed the past few years. Last year we discussed, why does Moshe refer to Har Sinai as a Harazeh? It's such a bad place that they have to get away from it already. Rav Lachem, you have to get away from there. Number one, number two, two years ago, we discussed when Moshe retells the story of the Meraglim and also retells the story of Vitro. There are some very, very big differences between what actually happened that we know from the stories themselves to the way Moshe tells them here, why are those differences? Why did Moshe change those stories around? We'll link those two videos. And of course, if you enjoyed this video, please feel free to share it around. Comment below on YouTube, like the video, and if you haven't yet subscribed to the channel, please consider subscribing. Shkoyech Shkoyech Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom. Mishuot tavot for all of our and Hashem. Who knows, maybe we won't end up fasting this to Shabbat, and if we do fast, Emitz Hashem, this should be the last time we fast on Shabbat.